lower all the way down until I wake up again. Listening to The Sounds of Nightmares, an audio fiction series from the world of Little Nightmares. I repaired what I could of the apparatus, and though the monitor remains broken, I dare say it's as close to completion as it will get. I installed feedback resistors to maintain signal fidelity between host and guest. Though who knows if it can hold off that leering horror from the other side. However, the most critical component is the least reliable. The oniric medium to carry the frequency. Noon. Two nights prior, I feared she was lost permanently. Another transposition which lasted longer than any previous episode. Only as the sun rose did her body return, manifesting in the south wing courtyard. Ever since, Noon's been confined to her room under continuous observation. He must have let her go. Why? Huh. To toy with me so that I might feel powerless. Zahir's gaze. The moonlight hits the painting, recalling our first session. Yes. The image is clearer than ever. She will be my astrolabe, my guiding instrument to locate distant shores across an ethereal ocean. If I cannot get to the ferryman, she bring him to me. Take your leave with my thanks.
How are we this evening? That's a first. You've got nothing to say? Don't feel like talking. To anyone or to me? Do you see anyone else? That's your prerogative. Nonetheless, I came to listen. No, you never really listen. Uh, no flour or cake this time to buy me over. I shouldn't have told you. You don't believe that. I know your lies well enough by now. Mum once said that keeping the truth from others can't change it. Even if it spares unnecessary pain? The growth is likely benign, harmless. No, no, not knowing hurt me more. I didn't know a tumour was growing in my brain, but I felt it this whole time. You're fibbing again. It's not benign at all, is it? I don't know. What I do know is that the body often knows something's wrong before the mind. The key is learning how to tune into its station to listen. That's your specialty, counsellor. And now is the time to open our eyes and ears to your body. The time to let me in. I'm rather done with machines, with tests and with you. It will work, this apparatus. Finishing it has stretched the bounds of my knowledge, which I vowed from day one. It holds the capacity to connect our brains so that I may see through you into the nowhere. I can help you like I've always promised, but only if I can speak to the ferryman. Who? The candleman. No, you said ferryman. Why did you call him ferryman? <laughs> That's what she called him, isn't it? Cece. She saw him too. That's why he's the only one who can help me understand. Understand what? Everything! I've been poked at, studied, talked at, and hooked up to medical machines, and for what? For my head. A fire burns in there, and I want to sleep. But I'm afraid at the same time, and that nurse is always interrupting. My machine requires you to be asleep, Noon. The dormant brain generates theta waves, patterns which the device uses to align neural pathways through a computer interface. Once our brain waves are tuned... Well, do you remember when we considered mutual dreaming? This facilitates that experience! I don't understand anything you just said! We can face your monsters together! This machine... It means I get to sleep. Deeper than ever before. Metal spider webs. What? Oh, these are resonator caps. One for each of us. The mesh of filaments transmit electrical pulses between our brains via the interface. Non-invasive, harmless. I'll put mine on first to show you. I've changed my mind, I want to go. There's no going back. Some sweets to put yourself at ease. Take them. Three? I don't want any. My stomach feels so ill. Take them! All right. 
as you drift off, let's start as we always have. Where did you travel the other night? Last time you slept. Soon as I closed my eyes, I drifted through an endless dark. After what felt like hours, I found myself in a musty, cluttered room. Mountains of patterned fabrics piled against the walls. A long wooden table was covered in scraps and tools and a machine word behind the closed door across from me. A familiar, faint smell. Candy apples and enchanting sad music. Against one wall was a rack packed with clothes. Too big for me, but just right for the armless, faceless mannequins around the room. They even wore outfits already. A white wedding dress splashed with dark stains. A purple suit and red bow tie. On a third mannequin, a black velvet cloak. At the foot of a table, I discovered a wooden chest and lifted the lid to see it stuffed with smaller outfits. A doctor's coat, a pink tutu and shoes, and a yellow raincoat. Yellow? Was anyone else around? Only the puppet. What puppet? On the table, among spools of thread and needles and bits of ribbon, rusty shears stuck through his torso, pinning him down. I could almost feel the blades myself. He had a wide face, painted with a wide, downturned mouth, sagging cheeks, glimmering black eyes twine with frayed edges dangled from his arm. The only one he had. His clothes were rough-worn, dressed like, like one of those carnival people at Rusty's show. I leaned in to get a closer look. Shouted to life, grabbing my leg. He yanked until, until I fell and struggled to break free, kicking at him. But he held tight to my ankle, reaching for a nearby bottle. He smashed it into his head, 
He let go, and when he stopped moving, so did the music. I jumped off the table into the wooden chest from before. With the lid shut, I spied through the keyhole a new kind of mannequin in a beautiful dress stood in the doorframe. Her back to me. Her little movements were stiff, mechanical. Her body was still while her neck began to twist. Her hair was too shimmery, her lips too wet, and her eyes too glassy. Or too elegant, be real, or fully fake. When her neck turned all the way, she saw the puppet on the table, the broken bottle. She started jittering. I burrowed into the costumes trying to make myself invisible. <coughs> she opened the chest, removed a tan trench coat, sewing clothes to tear along one seam. Like, like the nowhere had been sewing the pieces of me back together. Strong again, pain free. She's nearly out. I tucked away, she took out a gunny sack, one slit. I would be next, no escape. Help! <coughs> I held the lid closed tight, but I can't keep it shut forever. She's reached the hypnagogic threshold. I'm connecting our neural relays before she crosses.
Someone's opening the chest. Right now. What? She can't be there yet. It's too soon. I can't see There's him. nothing to see. The perfect lady's gone. Only the dark. All around. I can't even see my hand in front of me. Asleep and awake. Both at once. It, uh, it appears so. Normally this occurs only in the certain conditions. Yet somehow that's happened now. It's better than I'd hoped for. Don't do anything yet. Listen, 
me. my hand, welcoming me to the other side of the door. The stairs here go every direction at once. Otto, Otto, if only you could see it. More stars, constellations and rings around the pulsing red moon. a moon. Not stars either. They're all eyes too. Every size and shape you could imagine. Watchful. Shimmering. Blinking. Their light dripping down into the dark mist. I feel them looking at me. Into me. They like what they see. Don't let the door close. Leave the girl. Please leave her with me. The counselor. He wants to come. Me again. 
That's the secret. It hides in this place. My body knew all along. and time are blithe to themselves. Her dream still lingers within me, descended upon my being and into the counties. I've done nothing but weigh his words over and over. If the ferryman spoke some arcane truth, there's another way to cross the threshold. And when I do, the path will have been paved with bricks of fear. I will review every tape. <laughs> 
uncover every secret. The answers lie therein. So nearly, so, so nearly was I swept away. It... Ethan, you shouldn't be out of your room. Oh, somnambulism. Your dreams have led you to me then. You're sleepwalking, that's all. A common parasomnia in children. But if it's a new symptom, that could indicate something has changed. What? Oh, the mess. I was looking for something I lost. But I think I've just found it. Let's get you back to sleep now. And tomorrow, together, we'll dream and dream and dream until we sleep again anew. Hold on, before you go. Take one, my good boy. That's right. Sweets for my sweet. Produced by Louis Creative, which is part of the Louis Media Group. Our writers are Mike Bambridge, aka Super Horror Bro, It's Just George, Eugene Myers, Lonnie Nadler, and Supermassive Games. Editorial supervision by Adizé Dubar and Lonnie Nadler. Noon is played by Amy Pursehouse and Otto by Kester Lovelace. Lonnie Nadler is our showrunner, and Thomas Rosès directed, edited, and mixed the episodes. The music is composed by Tobias Nibia and Thomas Rosès. Marion Girard is head of production, and Lucille Rousseau-Garcia is our producer for Louis Media. Lucas Roussel is executive producer, and Adizé Debar is our producer for Bandai Namco Europe.